0: Well, good morning and welcome. We're so glad you're here today on a beautiful Lord's Day. If you're joining us by live stream, we want to welcome you as well today. If you're out in the hallway, please make your way on into the sanctuary as we begin uh, our worship time together. Uh, Looking around, may have a few first-time visitors, and if that's you, we're so glad you're here. Uh, If you're joining us by live stream for the first time Uh, Welcome and thank you for joining us today. Here at East LJ Baptist Church, we have been captivated by Christ. In Jesus, we have seen and we cannot unsee the beautiful glory of God. God's glory, the scriptures tell us, is His grace and mercy to forgive and justify us through the life, death and resurrection and the ongoing reign of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And He has captivated us. It's our prayer. That as you join us today, that you will see and embrace the beauty of Jesus that we enjoy and that you'd find yourself captivated by Him as well. Several announcements as we begin this morning. Uh, first of all, uh, put on your calendar Christmas Eve candlelight communion service, December the 24th, 5 o'clock. Uh, we'll be right here for just a, a brief uh, but meaningful time of uh, considering the coming of Christ, uh, great time by the way to invite someone who's not in church, uh, who may uh, you may have a hard time getting to join you in church. Uh, we're told folks are more open during the Christmas season, particularly on a Christmas Eve service, uh, than any other time of the year. So um, go out on a limb and invite somebody and see what happens. And we'll hope to have a great crowd here. Uh, we will make sure they hear the good news that can save. The Good News of Jesus Christ. Also, there are some copies left on the desk on your way out of an Advent devotional, The Christmas We Didn't Expect, by David Mathis. This is something you can use with your family uh, in the days leading up to Christmas Day. Uh, I'd ask that you keep it to one per family Um, if you'll take it and use that. Uh, if you're able to make a $7 donation to help the church cover the cost in those books, that's great. If you cannot, we want you to take it and use it with your family anyway. And so uh, we just we, we encourage you to use that. And, and just use this time of Advent, of waiting, uh, the word means, and, 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 and that arrival um, uh, to, to, to build your anticipation uh, concerning the coming, the incarnation, God becoming man in a Bethlehem manger. Uh, use this time to just increase your awe and wonder and worship of the one who was born to die and then raise raised from the dead, rise from the dead, and, and today reigns over all things. Um, last Sunday, just a quick report to the church as a whole, last Sunday in conference, you as a church approved two, two new deacon candidates to be set aside for a six-month period of examination involvement. Uh, Larry Mullinax and Travis Green are those men, and we're excited to see uh, how God will use them for His glory. Please be praying for those men uh, as they seek to uh, join uh, the leadership of the church and and be involved in serving the body of Christ here. Uh, Today is the last day that we'll receive um, an offering on your way out for the Gideon's birthday for Jesus. This uh, allows you to purchase Bibles here at the the end of the year and at Christmas time, uh, so that children all around the world can have a copy of God's Word in their language. We've got a brief video, just if you haven't uh, seen this already, we want to show that one last time. And uh, then you you give on the way out today uh, to the Gideons and the purchase of the Word of God. Everything you give goes to the purchase of Scriptures to be distributed around the world. So check this video out.
1: On the first Christmas night, a star lit up the heavens. The angels gathered to rejoice in the coming of a savior. Shepherds left their fields and journeyed to worship together, the light of the world who was born to chase away darkness. This holy child who began life in a humble manger was honored with gifts worthy of a king. Our traditions may have changed over the years, but the one we celebrate remains the same. He is the Prince of Peace. The Great Healer. The Good Shepherd. Emmanuel. He is still worthy of our gifts today. With every donation given, you help fund distribution of scriptures to people who are seeking the hope only Jesus can provide. Join the Gideons International today in spreading the good news of Jesus this Christmas.
0: excited to partner with the Gideons for the good work of getting God's Word around the world that they do. So we encourage you to give here in person on your way out today. You can also give online uh, and be part of the Gideons' birthday for Jesus. I want to give a quick thank you before we uh, read scripture together and enter into worship to our ushers. Uh, Our ushers work uh, diligently to uh, receive your offerings. Uh, There's time involved afterward, uh, processing all of that, so just say thank you to those that uh, serve us uh, in that way, uh, our ushers on your way out today. Would you stand with me? We're going to be reading just a couple of verses from Isaiah chapter 9, verses 6 and 7 today. Very familiar Christmas Advent season passage. Isaiah 9, verse 6. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. For a child is born to us. The passionate commitment of the Lord of heaven's armies will make this happen. You may be seated. And aren't you glad that this is our Savior, the wonderful Counselor, mighty God, everlasting Father, Prince of Peace? This is who Jesus, born in Bethlehem, is today. We'll be talking a little bit later about the peace that the Prince of Peace brings. The peace we can know and the peace that will never end. I'm so thankful that, uh, that I have the opportunity that, I, that God worked in my life so that I know the Prince of Peace. I know him personally, and I enjoy the peace that he gives. Aren't you glad that you enjoy that relationship if you do know him today? That was weak as water. How about one more time? Aren't you glad that you know him and have peace today? Amen. Amen. We're going to worship him. He's, he's right here. Y'all awake? Y'all ready? He's here. Uh, What a privilege it is, and yet we have friends, neighbors, co-workers that don't yet know Him. There's people all over the world that have yet to even hear the name. So I want us to pray that we would be bold witnesses and that God would raise some of us up to take the gospel to unreached people groups. Today's unreached people group is the Berbers, the Shawia of Algeria, 2,339,000 people with no evangelical witness among them. So we want to pray that God would raise up someone, even from right here, perhaps, to take the gospel to the Berber people in Algeria. Would you pray with me? Father, thank you for your heart of love that sent your own son to become the prince of peace for us. That we could have peace with God. That we could call you Father. That we could have peace with people who apart from Christ, would be our enemies. That we could have the hope and certainty that one day peace will rule and we will live in the new heavens and the new earth with Jesus if we love Him and trust Him here. Father, I pray that You would make us bold witnesses even during this Christmas season. I pray, Father, that You would raise up from this place or other local churches uh, all over the world where Your people meet some who would feel called to take the gospel to the Berbers of Algeria. Father, how we pray that the gospel would penetrate that people group, even in these days, Lord, even, even soon, that they might believe and see the glory of God and be captivated by Christ as they trust Him. Thank you for your love to us, and this time together we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, today's the second Sunday of Advent, and we will be lighting a candle each week. One for each of the gifts that only Messiah could bring, and for which the world waited for millennia to appear. The gifts we all need after 2020, that's our sermon series during this Advent season. And those gifts are hope, peace, joy, and love. Then on Christmas Eve, we will light the center candle in the wreath you see in front of me here, the Christ candle to symbolize Jesus, the light of the world. And the symbolism of the candles is that we light candles in the darkness, right? We light candles in the darkness as we wait for the daylight to come. The old hymn, Joe says, Long lay the world in sin and error pining, waiting, yearning, for 400 years, in fact, before Jesus' birth, God was silent. No prophet spoke. None of his prophets had anything to say. Nothing but oppression for the people of God in darkness and, and yet a hopeful waiting based on the promises of God for the coming of Messiah. Messiah, the Son of God, who became man in order to be our substitute, and our sympathetic Savior, as well as our resurrected and victorious King, so He could then dispense those precious gifts that our hearts need the most the gifts of hope, peace, joy, and love from God to all who will believe in Him. Simeon, Luke 1 or Luke 2 tells us, was waiting for the consolation of Israel, and when He held baby Jesus in His arms there in the temple, He said, Lord, Now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for your glory to your people Israel. Christ, our light, has come. And he's brought the light of the gospel that will save and rescue all who trust in him. But the darkness of sin and sorrow, even today, remains in our world, right? You don't have to look hard to see the darkness all around us, the darkness of sin, the darkness of sorrow, so much pain and hatred and anger and guilt and everything else. The darkness of sin and sorrow remain in our world until Jesus comes again. He comes again to pour out judgment and everlasting destruction on all those who Scripture tells us have rejected His gospel but at the very same time to recreate all things, the heavens and the earth, setting the whole universe free from sin's curse, and then Jesus' light will shine eternal, undimmed by man's sin for all who trust him and loved him in this life. And for the new heavens and the new earth where righteousness dwells, Scripture says, for this we wait during this Advent season. The second candle of Advent is the candle of peace, and so this morning we light the candle of peace. Last week we talked about hope and lit the hope candle. Today we light the candle of peace as we consider God's peace so freely given to us. I'd invite you to stand with us as we uh, enter into worship in psalm. Jesus, we come this morning bowing our hearts before you to adore who you are, to lift high the name of Jesus as the name that is above every name, to bow even as every knee will one day do before you and acknowledge now in this life, you're the master of all things you're the lord of all the king of all kings you rule over everything and we're bowing our hearts to acknowledge that you reign over our lives right now you're the boss because you died having lived a perfect life in our place you went to the cross and there paid the curse for all of our sins you bore god's full wrath and justice his holy wrath toward our sin in our place You were dead for three days, but on the third day, Jesus, you rose again in victory, proving the price had been paid and that you had all power over death, hell, and the grave. And today you reign at the Father's right hand, able as you live forever to make intercession for us and save us to the uttermost. And during this season of Advent, we praise you for your first coming and we eagerly, long, and yearn and cry out for your second coming that you would come soon. We thank you that we serve a risen and living Savior who is the Prince of Peace. Jesus, now through your word and by your spirit, I pray that you would give peace. Or whatever whatever level it's needed today, God, I pray some would come for the first time and find peace with God. That when they leave this place, they might be able to call Him Father for the first time and know that all their sins are forgiven and they stand righteous as Jesus is before Almighty God forever. Father, for others, I pray that You would make peace between people. There's relationships that need to be healed long too long, divided and broken, and yet there is unity and peace to be gained and enjoyed and relished in Jesus. And Father, I pray that for some today walking through difficult circumstances, difficult seasons of life, we've all been through a tough year, that God, you would let us enjoy the peace of God that you desire for to guard our hearts and minds and give us a different supernatural ability to live through difficult things. All that Christ may be exalted in us. So speak to us now, we pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We'll be dismissed to Children's Church. And again, we thank all of our workers there for serving our our families in that way. While we're allowing them to make their way out, take your Bibles and turn with me to begin with. We won't be there long, but Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2 is where we'll launch from this morning. Uh, We are kind of in a topical series, not the norm for us here at East J, but a topical series around... uh, uh, the, the gifts that we all need after 2020 uh, this year. So let me ask you, have you started your Christmas list yet? It's been 2020, but this is still yes, even after 2020. Yeah, so you got some lists going. You know, when I was a kid, uh, it was just me and my sister, and we would go over to my, um, I mean, I guess we had one at the house too, but It was just more fun at grandma's house. We'd go over and spend time with my grandma, my grandma Cox, my mother's mother. And uh, we would sit there in her living room flipping through the Sears catalog for hours. If anybody can testify, show it by the uplifted hand. You ever done that? You ever dog-eared the the toy section and and, and whatever of the Sears catalog? Amen. Hallelujah. There, that's right. I'm telling you, those, those were the good days. Now, kids, if you don't know what a catalog is, let me explain to you. It's a book with pictures of stuff that you wanted. And they would make sure every household in America had one to where you could dog-ear a page and make sure that Grandma and them ordered it from Sears and Roebuck and they shipped it to you or you went down there to the store and picked it up. And so that's what we used to do, man. We'd make our list. We'd dog-ear the pages. We'd take a pen and we'd scratch next to which item because the, I mean, the whole page is full of stuff. I, I mean, kids, you got to understand, these books were this thick. There's... David Hensley said it's Amazon in a book. There you go. Everything you could imagine. I mean, it was mind-boggling. And, and, and so we'd, we'd have to, you'd have to, you know, had a bunch of things on one page. You'd have to mark which one you want. I mean, getting on the right page wasn't good enough. Amen? I mean, you, Grandma needed to get the right thing on that page. So you had to mark it. And so what a time it was to make a Christmas list. You know, for many, 2020 has felt like one long groan, hasn't it? This year reminded us again and again of our mortality, our lack of control, and our collective brokenness. And as 2020 comes to a close, our hearts long, maybe like they never have in our lifetime, for more than just another Christmas present. We long right now, I believe it's universal, we long for gifts that our hearts need. Gifts that will last forever. Gifts that will allow our hearts deep and true rest. Rest that defies our guilt, our fears, our anxieties, our weakness and fragility, our lack of control, and our ever-changing circumstances. We continue our series this morning, The Gifts We All Need After 2020. This is part two, but back to those Christmas lists. For a number of years, Gilmer Middle School, sixth graders every year made their own grown up Chris, christmas list which was an idea based on a song by Kelly Clarkson entitled My Grown Up Christmas List and so the 6th grade teachers in, at Gilmer County Middle School at Gilmer Middle School did this on an annual basis i'm not sure somebody tell me do they the 6th graders still make a grown up christmas list at Clear Creek Middle School now anybody know That sounds like probably not. Well, here are some of their wishes. I got this direct from the school just a few years back. This is what they wrote down, those sixth graders in this county, for homeless people to get a home, for the world not to be torn apart by people arguing, for my family to be fixed again, for a dad who doesn't leave us, one who would help us if we were in need, sick, or if we needed a place to stay, for people who need food to be able to get food, for me to get a bed, for my family to love me like they do my siblings, for my family not to be torn apart, that we're together again, not spread out all over, for a trip to Mexico to see my grandmother that I've never met, for my dad to have a better job because he comes home so tired and his back hurts all the time. For my grandma, listen, for my grandma to stop taking drugs, to talk to my dad, and for me to be able to see her again. For God to fix our water and take away the ants so that we won't have to move this Christmas. Those are the wishes of preteens who live within just a few miles of where you sit today. There's a shortage of peace in Gilmer County. There's a shortage of peace all across our nation. There's a shortage of peace all around the world, and for many and far too often, even in our own hearts. Do you need peace this morning? H.G. Wells made a statement about peace. That's one of the saddest things I've ever heard. Uh, And and, and to think he made it late in life. This This is what he said. I cannot adjust my life to secure any fruitful peace. Here I am at 64, still seeking peace. Listen to what he says. It is a hopeless dream. And let me make no no bones about it. Apart from Jesus Christ and you you having a relationship with him, yes, ma'am, yes, sir, it is a hopeless dream. This world can give you no peace. But how sad to come to age 64 and say, it is a hopeless dream. There's nothing I can do to get real and lasting and true peace. I'm just here to tell you today, there is peace for you. But sadly, that's exactly how many think, many feel, many truly believe that that's accurate. I hope that's not you today, but if it is you, stay with us through this message, because there's hope, there's peace to be had. Christ came to give us peace, and here's the take-home truth. Advent is about Jesus giving us peace with God, most importantly, giving us peace with God, with other believers, and in spite of this trouble-filled world. What is this season about? It's about Jesus giving us peace with God, with other believers, and in spite of this trouble-filled world. In Luke chapter two, verses thirteen and fourteen, Scripture tells us there that suddenly the angel was joined by a vast hopes of others. You'll remember the scene. He's, he's he's there announcing to the shepherds that Messiah has been born there in those Bethlehem fields. And, and, and the angel, it says here, was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God. Listen to what they said. What, what, what's the coming of Jesus all about? Glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to all whom He favors. And peace on earth to all whom He favors. The coming of Jesus brings glory to God in the highest Because of his perfect life, death, and resurrection to save sinners. But the coming of Jesus brings peace on earth to all whom he favors. Advent is about Jesus giving us peace with God and with with other believers. And in spite of this trouble-filled world. For many, maybe for some of us today, the only peace that we find comes from numbing all our hurts with drugs or alcohol. The only peace we know is from going from one relationship to the next, hoping that some person can give you all you need. Perhaps for some of you, staying so busy that you never have time to feel anything, and you hope just to collapse at the end of the day before that inner fear and pain and loneliness can creep back into the silence of those evening hours. Perhaps for some of you working and achieving position or status or more money, pretending that you're not empty inside is how you seek to find the lack of, to feel the lack of peace. But the reality is you know it, I know it, none of that, none of that brings any real peace. Jesus came to give you real peace. What we're talking about this morning is real, everlasting peace. It's not some warm, fuzzy feeling. It's the real deal, and it'll last forever because Jesus lives. Advent is about Jesus giving us peace with God, with other believers, and in spite of this trouble-filled world, that statement is basically the outline for this morning, so let's break it down into those three things. First of all, Jesus came to give us peace with God. Jesus came to give us peace with God. Most importantly, Isaiah 53, verse 5, a great messianic prophecy about the coming and work of Jesus Christ. In, in Isaiah 53, 5, it says, He was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. In other words, He became our substitute. He took our place. We deserved the crucifixion, but He took it for us. Listen to this. The punishment that brought us what? Peace. Peace where? With who? Peace with God. Jesus came to give us peace with God. The punishment that brought us peace was on Him. And by His wounds we are healed. The word for peace in Isaiah 53, 5 is the word shalom. It's a greeting in Hebrew, but it means so much more than than peace. It means a thoroughgoing wholeness that reaches to the deepest places of who we are and restores what sin has broken. True peace true shalom starts with truly being at peace with God, having everything made right between you and God, which can only come as a gift if God gives us what we don't deserve and can never earn. If God doesn't give us what we do deserve, if God gives us what we don't deserve and can never earn, things like forgiveness and of, of our sins, righteousness, true righteousness before Him, and adoption as His children, then we can actually be made right with God and have peace. If God doesn't give us what we do deserve, that is eternal punishment for all of our many sins, then we have a chance at peace. We, we can actually know peace with God if God does all of these things for us And He has through His Son, Jesus Christ. The punishment that brought us peace was on Him. Advent is about Jesus being born to die. Being born to die to make peace between us and God. Advent is about Jesus giving us peace with God, with other believers, and in spite of this trouble-filled world. You know, Romans 3 tells us that we have all sinned against God. All of us. There's no exceptions save Jesus Himself. And our sin against an infinitely holy God, He's absolutely perfect and pure and righteous. We've all sinned. We've sinned against an infinitely holy God. And our sin against that infinitely holy God has earned God's just wrath and everlasting punishment. A holy God cannot ignore sin. He's not like my grandparents. I could get away with anything with my grandparents. God doesn't just wink at our sin and act like we didn't do it. He's holy. He has to, 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 in His holiness, execute justice. And so, our sin has earned us just that from a holy God. So, how then? How then can God forgive us How then can God make us righteous? How can He make us His children? How can He still be just and holy and at the same time bring justice on our sin and yet look at me and declare me righteous? Look at me, an enemy of His, and call Him and and call me His child? How can He do it? Romans 5, verse 1 tells us. Therefore, since we've been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. How can God be just and the justifier of sinners? By giving His Son to bear His wrath in our place. By giving His Son to fully satisfy His justice in our place. And then crediting the righteousness of Jesus to our account clothing us in the very righteousness of Jesus. Did you hear me pray a while ago that God sees you as holy and righteous as Jesus is? Do you believe that? That's the truth of the gospel. He doesn't just forgive your sins and hope for the best, hope you don't mess up anymore. He he declares you righteous And puts in your spiritual bank account all of the obedience and perfection of Jesus. So that when he thinks about Chad Kelly, he thinks about Jesus. He sees what Jesus did for me. And I am, as Paul would say, fully accepted in the beloved. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. How did we get it? Romans 5.1 says... It's since we've been justified through faith. What does that mean? That means we come to Jesus and we say, look, here's the deal. I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. Your word, the gospel, tells me that you died in my place and rose again for me. Your word tells me that if I will simply trust you and believe you paid it all as we sing, that you did it all. That I can do nothing to to, to get any closer to God. I can do nothing to undo my sin and my guilt. But Jesus, you did. If we will come to him and just like a child, take that gift. Just like you do at Christmas. You just take the presents people give you. You don't buy them. You don't barter for them. You don't pay them back after you take them. You just take them. God says, that's what glorifies me. You glorify the giver by receiving freely the gift. And, 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 and Jesus said, if you'll just simply take the gift I've given you, then you can know that you've been made right, justified, declared righteous, and forever made right with God. How do you get this peace? You trust Jesus as your Savior. You do it right now. You don't have to wait till the invitation. If you believe what Jesus says about what he's done for you, then right now in this moment, you can say, Jesus, I admit that I'm a sinner. I believe what you've done, and I confess that you are my only hope. I trust you with everything I've got. Will you do that today? If you're joining us by live stream, will you do that today? You don't have to go another minute without having peace with God. Jesus wants you to have peace with God. Rick Warren says, Real peace of mind is having a relationship with Jesus Christ, God's Son, and becoming friends with God. Real peace is knowing that no matter what I do, God will never stop loving me. Real peace is knowing that no matter what happens in life, God will never leave me alone because He is forever my good, good Father. Advent is about Jesus giving us peace with God. But notice with me, secondly, Advent is about Jesus coming to give us peace with others. Hear me, even our enemies. Not only did Jesus come to give us peace with God, but He came to give us peace with each other in the body of Christ. Ephesians 2, verses 14 to 18 say it like this. And here He's talking about the relationship between Jews and Gentiles. When you hear, when you, in just a minute we read the word two, as in two different groups of people. He's talking about Jews and Gentiles, God's chosen people there in the Old Testament and everyone else, that includes us. Ephesians 2, verse 14, For He Himself, that is Jesus... He Himself is our peace, who's made the two one. That is, God's chosen people and the rest of the world. He's made them one and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility, by abolishing in His flesh the law. With its commandments and regulations. His purpose was to create in himself one new man, we call that the church today, out of the two, thus making peace, and in this one body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross, by which he put death, put to death their hostility. He came and preached peace to those, to you who were far away, and peace to those who are near. In other words, peace to Gentiles who weren't part of Israel and peace to those who are near, people of the nation of Israel. For through him, we both have access to the Father by one Spirit. Let me just boil all that down for you. We're not going to unpack it all in detail, but here's, here's basically what Paul's saying. God gave one Savior for all people groups, for all races, for all socioeconomic levels in society. He gave one Savior, whether you're male or female, whether you were born into a religious family or not, no matter what you've done or not done, He he gave one Savior, and His name is Jesus. And the fact that Jesus is the only name, Acts tells us, given under heaven among men by which we must be saved, what that means is that we're all on level ground at the foot of the cross of Jesus Christ, amen? We're in equal and absolute need of a radical rescue by a grace-giving Savior. It doesn't matter who you are, where you're from, what you look like, what color you are, what you have or don't have. There's one hope. For all of humanity. Now see, here's what happens if we really get that. Stay with me. We're circling back around to the fact that Jesus came to bring peace between us and other believers. If we really get that, then the church... Stay with me. Then the church becomes the most revolutionary community on the planet. As rich and poor, Hispanic and Caucasian, and African-American and Asian, church folks, and party animals all come to Jesus and become one in Him, full then of acceptance and love for one another across all those differences that divide the world that is apart from Christ, that divided us when we didn't know Jesus, suddenly We are full of love and acceptance one for another. It's a unity that only can be explained by the power and grace of our one Savior, the Savior of all, even Jesus Christ. What a beautiful thing. Amen? I mean, do y'all kind of like that picture? I'm kind of, I'm kind of, I'm kind of, I'm not sure what's going on. Like deer in the headlights out here this morning. I mean, that is amazing. We should be the most revolutionary community on the planet. Why? Because we look at each other and realize, you know what? I need Jesus worse than you do, and I'm glad you're my brother and sister. I'm glad we both found him, and, and we're one. You know, there's a lot of differences between us, isn't there? I mean, I just look around. I, I've, I've been here seven, seven years, I guess, now. I mean, I mean, we got, we, got, we got variety up in here, huh? Amen? And that's a good thing. I mean, I'm weirder than most of you, but there's, there's some weird up in here. But you know what? We're brothers. I had the opportunity this week to visit with a friend of mine. I've known known this old boy since I was 14 years old. But what's better than that? (laughs) There'll never be another time that I won't be with him. Because we're brothers in Christ and we're forever family. We sat there talking. We we had an opportunity. This has nothing to do with the sermon, it's just neat. Celebrated his his fiftieth birthday today, by the way. Um, so we, me and another buddy, surprised him, and we're celebrating his birthday at a restaurant. We got to talking to our waiter, and we were just telling him about our friendship, and we just had the opportunity to to share that that exact truth with him. I just I just looked, at him, I said, you know what's what's so cool though? We've been we've been friends a long time. I mean, I, I can't really do the math anymore, but I mean, fourteen. I'm I'm nearly fifty myself. That's a long time. Thirty six years. Is that right, math teachers? Yeah. I said, but you know what's even better than that? I said. Lester, the, the, the thing that's even better than that is we're going to be brothers forever. This friendship will never end. Even if we stop getting along here, we're still going to have to get over that when we get to heaven. Amen? We're still going to have to... We're, we're, we're going to want to get over that. We're going we're to be united forever in the presence of Jesus. Advent is about Jesus giving us peace with God and with other believers and in spite of this trouble-filled world, there's something else you need to know about this relate these relationships within the body that we're talking about. Jesus came to give peace between believers. There's something else you need to know, though. He even gave us a way to make peace with each other when peace has been interrupted between us. Did you know that was coming? See, what you did know is I was talking about loving one another in the church. You know, you, you did know that we always don't. Amen. Y'all, all right. It's Christmas, but you need you need we need to be reminded of this right here at Christmas time. He came to bring peace between believers. Believers don't always love each other like we ought to. Amen? We offend each other. Sometimes on purpose. Sometimes not on purpose. There's divides that come in the body of Christ. But Jesus... Even came to give us to make peace with each other when, give us a way to make peace with each other when peace has been interrupted between us. Ephesians 4, verses 30 to 32. It's a very po- powerful passage. It's one of the most important passages for interpersonal relationships in the church in the New Testament. Ephesians 4, verse 30. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. So, what that means is what we're fixing to talk about does. What he's fixing to tell us to fix in our lives, when we don't get it right, it grieves the Holy Spirit of God. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. What's the right thing to do? That's the, that's the stuff we've got to get out. What do we need to bring into our lives? Be kind and compassionate to one another. Forgiving each other. There's the phrase, forgiving each other. There's the tool, Jesus. There's the way Jesus gave us to restore peace when peace has been broken in our relationships. It's called forgiveness. hear, Hear me. Just hear, Paul. Just as in Christ, God forgave you. Up to that last phrase, some of us were thinking, but preacher, I've heard this stuff before. You just don't know what they said. You just don't know what they did well let me just ask you something does jesus know what you did does he see your your billions of sins against him the one who died for you and does he yet forgive you yes yes and yes and paul says as a believer we don't have a choice but to forgive if we want the forgiveness of God from, through Jesus Christ, then we have to forgive others even as God in Christ forgave us. And, and we don't just have to. Listen to what I'm saying to you. We get the privilege of imitating Jesus. Does that mean it's easy? Does that mean it feels good? Does that mean you're just going to do it with a snap every time somebody really hurts your feelings or does something that is truly wrong and offensive? No, it's hard. But because of God's forgiveness in Jesus, we can forgive and restore peace when relationships are damaged by selfishness and sin. Can I suggest that for some of us in this room or watching this morning via live stream, perhaps your greatest need, and I'm not addressing anybody, I'm just saying it's probably true for somebody. I want to be real clear on that. I'm not pointing my finger at anybody this morning, but it's probably true for somebody. Can I suggest that for some of you that... Your greatest need this Christmas is to find the peace of forgiveness. Maybe you're the one who's offended and you need to ask for forgiveness. Don't keep putting it off. You know what you did. You know their feelings are hurt. You know things aren't right with that brother or that sister. Get it right. Go to them and talk to them and ask their forgiveness. Or maybe you're the one who's been offended and you've grown bitter. You're angry because your offender doesn't realize, or maybe they do and don't care how deeply they've hurt you. Ephesians 4 is the medicine your heart needs, hear me, before bitterness kills you, and it will. Bitterness, a root of bitterness the Scriptures talk about will grow up and it will kill you. It won't hurt that person that you're mad at, that you're, that you're ticked off at. It, it doesn't do a thing to them, but you know what it does? It eats you alive. And in the process, hear me, more importantly, it dishonors the one who died for you. Ephesians 4 is the medicine your heart needs before bitterness kills you. You need Paul's reminder of how much you needed God's grace. And therefore, how inconsistent it is, I need this reminder for me to claim His grace to me, but then not freely extend grace and forgiveness to someone who's offended me. That's just inconsistent. That don't fly. Advent is about Jesus giving us peace with God and with other believers and even giving us the gift of forgiveness that we might forgive and restore peace when it's been broken. But thirdly and finally, Jesus came to give us peace in our hearts and for our minds in the midst of a trouble-filled world. Philippians 4, verses 6 and 7, we looked at it back at uh, the Sunday before Thanksgiving. We're not going to spend much time here. It's been recent. If you didn't catch that message, go back and check it out uh, online. Philippians 4, verses 6 and 7 says this, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Jesus came to give us peace in our hearts and for our minds in the midst of a trouble-filled world. Jesus came and taught us how to pray and, and, and how to relate to God as our loving Father so that we could rid our hearts of anxiety and fear through conversation with Him. That's what prayer is, isn't it? And then experience that peace of God which transcends all understanding that can and will guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. That will allow us to live through difficult days and still enjoy the peace of God in, in our hearts. You know, Jesus said in John 14, 27, I am leaving you with a gift. He told His disciples and His followers this before. He died on the cross and and ascended, uh, rose again and ascended to heaven. He said, I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. How is it I could tell you a minute ago that the world can't give you peace? Because Jesus said the world can't give you peace, not the kind he gives. Not that peace of heart and mind in the middle of sorrow and sadness and sin and distress. Jesus said, I came to give you a gift. A peace that only I can give. Peace with God, peace with other believers. But peace in the middle of a trouble-filled world. Peace for your heart, peace for your mind. And that peace is ours. Advent is about Jesus giving us peace with God with other believers and in spite of this trouble-filled world, Jesus brings real peace to our often noisy, cluttered, chaotic, undone, and just plain hard lives. Amen? And that peace can be yours today because even, even though you're in the midst of it all, our Father, Jesus said, holds us in the palm of His hand, even in the middle of the storm, and that, hear me, that's the only real peace there is, is to know that God has you, that you are His. That holy God calls you child, calls you a son, calls you a daughter, and you can cry out to Him in prayer and call Him Father. Advent is about Jesus giving us peace with God, with other believers, and in spite of this trouble-filled world, won't you enter His peace this morning? As we get ready to close with a, with a closing song, the altar is open for you to come as we sing. It's open for you if you need peace through Jesus Christ today. I'm going to be right here at the front. Come talk to me. Maybe, maybe you need peace with God that you've never known. Don't delay. Come today. Come find peace with Almighty God. Leave this place being able to call Him Father. Maybe you need to do the hard work of forgiveness so that you can have peace with your brother or sister in Christ and consequently restored relationship with your gracious father. Tim Mosley's teaching through First John, and what First John makes clear is this. You can't say, I love God and, and hate your brother at the same time. Those are mutually exclusive. Something's not true. You can't say, I love God and then hate your brother. That's inconsistent. Love for God flows out in love for brother. Love for your brother proves, Tim, I'm on track with 1 John so far, love for your brother proves that you do, in fact, love God. That's where it comes from when you love your brother. And so here's the deal. If things aren't right between you and somebody else in the body of Christ, don't, don't, don't misunderstand this. You don't lose your salvation. I'm not saying you're not a son or daughter of God. Now, you may not be, but depends on how long that bitterness lasts, how long you refuse to, to, to show forgiveness. Because Jesus said, if you don't forgive others, I'm not going to forgive you. That's pretty plain. But if things aren't right between you or brother or sister, hear what I'm saying to you today. Things are not right between you and the Father. He's still your Father. But things aren't right. You know, I think about family. I'm I'm thankful this morning to have a bunch of my kids here. Um, Three of my four biological kids and... uh, Of course, good old Grant. And some spouses, we're we're kind of starting to grow over here. I'm glad they're here today. But, you know, when when, when they were little, I mean, still still be true today, I just probably wouldn't ever know about it, but when they were little, you know, if one of uh, the boys are here, so there's two boys, so I get to pick on them. One of the girls isn't here, so I don't have to do that. So when the boys would be fighting, right, I mean, When I got down to it about who was to blame, and I generally did, uh, if they persisted in that, there was trouble between me and whichever one it was. Are you tracking? Now, I still love the boy. Might want to, you know... Wear him out, probably did wear him out. You know, whatever. I mean, there was some, there was, there was some, there was some, there was some, there was some feelings. But I, mean, I still loved him. I didn't do anything for him. I'd have, I'd, he, he was still my son. But our fellowship wasn't right, was it? Why? Because he was persistent in being unloving toward his brother. Now, that, by the way, it always went. I mean, it went both ways. Same's true for you. Same's true for me. But maybe you need a fresh dose of the peace of God to walk through the coming week. You need some good Philippians 4, 6, and 7. You need to pray and get rid of some anxiety, give it to God, and and watch the Spirit of God give you peace. Then come. Come. Come pray here in this altar. Pray right where you're at. Seek His face. Take His peace. Jesus is the Prince of Peace. And this season is all about Jesus giving us peace with God, with other believers, and in spite of this trouble-filled world. Let's pray together. Father, how we thank you for this season, this opportunity, Lord, to think about all that Jesus has done for us in his coming, in his life, death, and resurrection, and to anticipate his soon second return how we long for the day that Jesus will come. Jesus, we praise you that as we were singing a minute ago, I just couldn't help but but weep, Lord, over the beauty of the truth that then came the morning that sealed the promise on that first Easter morning, Jesus rose from the dead and sealed the deal, sealed our forgiveness, our righteousness, our redemption, sealed our sonship in God's family, sealed our eternity and our hope all along the way, sealed the indwelling of the Holy Spirit in our lives in this world that changes us and makes us more like Jesus Then came the morning that sealed the promise. Your buried body began to breathe. Jesus, I thank you that you rose from the grave and that that today we have hope and we have peace. I thank you that today, even as my family gathers on the 10th anniversary of Robin's home going today, that we do so with hope that we can do so in the experience of the peace of God that passes all understanding, that guards and has for ten years our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Why? Because Jesus rose from the dead and He reigns today. This is the Savior we worship. This is the Christ of Christmas. You, Jesus, are the one for whom we long to come again. And how amazing it is to think that one day we will see your face and we'll never not see you again. Come quickly, Lord Jesus. Give someone in this room are viewing via live stream, peace with God, peace with you right now by giving them simple faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Give someone in this room peace with another believer. Heal relationships. Grant a spirit of forgiveness, O oh God. And give people all across this room and this viewing area, Lord, give people peace in the middle of a trouble-filled world. Hearts and minds guarded by the presence of Jesus and his sovereign grace over all things. Do it for your glory, we ask. In Christ's name, amen. as people said. Amen. I just want to encourage you this morning, if you made a decision, if you uh, trusted Christ for peace with God for the first time today, either here in this room or watching via live stream, uh, go to our website, uh, look for Connect Card, Uh, just share that with us. We'd love to rejoice with you and pray for you. Uh, maybe maybe there's a relationship that you don't want to name by name, of course, but just uh, would have us pray for a relationship as you seek to to make peace and reconcile and give forgiveness or receive forgiveness in a in a certain relationship. Go to our website, click on Connect Card, just jot down, pray for me in this relationship, and we'll we'll, we'll be sure to pray for you. Uh, maybe there's something in your life you're dealing with right now where you need God's peace to supernaturally guard your heart. Again, our website, Connect Card. Write that in there, Shoot, hit that email button, and we'll be notified of that, and we'll be praying for you. I uh, appreciate uh, each and every one of you being here today and joining us via live stream on your way out. Again, we'll be receiving the offering for the Gideon's uh, birthday for Jesus, and we look forward to seeing you next Sunday morning right here. We're dismissed.